Support for this podcast comes from Broadbean, a smart, innovative global recruitment technology business which helps recruiters to reach candidates in a fast, effective and efficient way. I recently spoke with their client, James Purvis, head of talent acquisition at CERN, to find out what he loves about Broadbean. What I love about Broadbean is the ability to take decisions based on data. So instead of having to believe what the vendors provide you in terms of their information of how many candidates they're going to bring to you, um, you can really use the metrics of the tool to understand how many of the clicks turn into applications, how many of those applicants turn into interviews and how many become higher. So it's all about evaluating the quality and not just the quantity. To find out more, go to www.broadbean.com. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 39 of the Recruiting Future podcast. This is my third episode of 2016 and I wanted to thank everyone for the really kind feedback about the first two episodes and also thank John Vlastelika and Brad Cook for being such great interviewees. This week I wanted to bring you a slightly different perspective on the world of recruiting. Larry Hernandez is currently sourcing tech talent for ThoughtWorks and literally recruiting on the road as he drives around America in an RV. Larry has had a really interesting career, as well as giving his insights into his his rather unique work-life balance. He shares some very, very interesting um, experiences he's had working in some very, very different company cultures. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Larry, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure. Um, could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Sure, sure. So uh, my name's Larry Hernandez. I've been uh, been recruiting for about 15, 16 years now. Uh, currently, I'm at uh, I'm consulting for ThoughtWorks, helping them source tech candidates. And then I also have um, my own little consulting firm with my girlfriend, Elsie, who is also a recruiter, called Recruiter DNA. And there's kind of quite a specific reason that we're that we're talking because you uh, you have what's the best way to describe this um, a, a kind of an alternative uh, sort of work lifestyle in terms of location. Um, right, could you right. Could you sort of tell everyone what you've what you've been up to in the last three or four months? Yeah, so like so about three and a half months ago, um, maybe about four months ago, while I was at a rack space, uh, my boss and others we're leaving for sabbatical. And um, I started talking, I'd come home and, and, you know, talk to Elsie. I'm like, wow, you know, they're going to Costa Rica and they're going here and they're going there. And it just kind of planted the seed, kind of got me excited on one end and then also a little uh, discouraged that every day I was kind of stuck in this um, cubicle type life. Nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with the company, just that lifestyle, right? You're in meetings, you're in conference calls, and it's just kind of very corporate. And we just started talking about we should travel. And she was already working remote. But um, so we just started thinking about it. And we have our two English bulldogs, and we hated when we fly and have to leave them somewhere. So somehow on YouTube, I came across this couple who travels in an RV, um, a kind of a mobile home. And we just started watching them. And it just started Get gathering momentum to we started going and 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 visiting them and 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 looking through them on the weekends and it just kind of 
happened. We put a plan together and, and um, um, I, I took a consulting uh, you know, gig with, uh, with ThoughtWorks. We bought an RV. I'd never even been in one and I was scared to death to drive the thing because it's huge. <laughs> and now we spend about 85% of the time on the road from just kind of seeing America, right? We were just, just got back from the, the mountains in Utah. We'll go down to the coast, um, just wherever. And just kind of, uh, you know, stop. We, we have our home with us, right? You got your bed, your shower, your groceries, your clothes, your, your TV. So wherever we stop, we've, we've got the, the house with us. And so, uh, you know, just to clarify, you are you are literally recruiting on the road. So that's um, correct. And that's as correct. you go, you're you're sourcing candidates. And what is it? Is it sourcing? Is it interviewing? You, you know, what what exactly? What sort of right. activities you're actually you actually doing work wise? It, it's it's both. Um, so you know, when I when we first when you look at pictures of these RVs, they're they're these beautiful, um, you know, beautiful modern uh, vehicles, and I just kind of assumed in my mind. That I would be able to drive and talk, and you know, Elsie would be kind of in the back in the in the living room, just kind of working and talking. What I didn't realize is it moves a lot more than you think, and it's loud. So that kind of nicks that whole idea of working really on the road. Um, so we just kind of you know we try to travel, do most of the driving on the weekends, and then you know be where we're going to be at a week at a time. And then we you know I've hooked up, uh, invested in some technology. Uh, to get Wi-Fi, a Wi-Fi booster that'll that'll take a weak signal from two miles away, and kind of combine signals, and and we got a hotspot, and and it's kind of like going back to the you know the late like 80s or 90s. It's kind of like we we go where the Wi-Fi is. The Wi-Fi is what is what drives the the uh, the agenda. Very cool. And uh, how how far have you traveled so far? Where 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 have you been? What has been your what's been your route? Right. Well. Right away, uh, I wanted to go to a conference at, uh, and ThoughtWorks has been really creative, I mean, supportive with this whole thing. Um, they're even talking about buying a wrapper for it and making it like the ThoughtWorks mobile, recruiting mobile. Um, and, you know, so um, we, we needed to be in Chicago, so we, we bought it one weekend. And it's, it's, it's tough because it's like buying a car and a house. So the sales process is painful. But we had to hurry up. So we went up to Chicago from, from the middle of Texas, you know, kind of a three and a half day, four day uh, trip. And we were really pushing it because we had to be there by a certain time. So that's probably, and we've put about 10,000 miles uh, of travel on the, uh, on the RV so far. So we've been to Utah, the mountains in Utah. We've been to, to Colorado. Uh, we spent Thanksgiving. We took my mom and, and we went down and went to the coast and just thought it'd be cool to, to do some fishing and be at the coast for Thanksgiving. So we just kind of, Elsie looks at uh, the Travel Channel and looks at all the high-ranking RV parks, and uh, we just kind of go. Fantastic. And I think um, the uh, certainly for the um, the the British audience that, that are listening, um, I, I don't think they'll fully sort of appreciate just how big just how big your RV is um, because we, do, we don't have them uh, okay. that, that size um, in, in this country. I mean, it, how big is it? How long is it? How much how so, much space is there inside? So ours is a 30 foot um, and it's actually kind of the, the baby, the entry level because these things are very expensive. Um, you know, they, they could, they start off with the ones that you drive. It's kind of like a van or like, not like a big bus. Um, so, I mean, they start off around 90 and they go up to, uh, you know, half a million, a million. Wow. So we kind of got the entry level one and, um, but you know, it's, it's got, uh, it's got a living room. It's got a three TVs. It's got a king size bed. It's got its own bathroom, its own shower. 
It's got its own little kitchen. Um, it, it could it, everything turns into a bed. It's got a little loft that comes down electronically, and I um, mean it's nice. I mean yeah, it's tight, but um, I mean we've got you know all of our amenities. We've got um, you know it, it, they, they they do amazing things um, now with the amount of space that uh, that you've got. So it's really really cool. And do you you know when you're talking to candidates, do you do you tell them where you are and what you're doing? Yeah, I found that to be. I, <laughs> My I, my opinion is that there's this huge gap between recruiters and software developers. You know, it's almost to the point where they don't really want to talk to us. They don't really want to deal with us. So I find that you, that using that as the icebreaker really opens it up because I didn't know because this wasn't a long term. This wasn't something I wanted to do. It wasn't necessarily my dream, but it's a lot of other people in the U.S. They always tell me that's my dream when I retire. I want to travel in an RV. And you would be surprised, you know, 50% of the people I talk to have some kind of dream or goal about doing this. So, yeah, no, it, it opens up the conversation, definitely. Fantastic. And, and what's, the, what's the sort of the most unexpected thing you've you found from, from, from doing this? Uh, I guess all the other people that are doing it. So when I thought of RV parks, there's this image that comes to my mind with um, – they're kind of like campgrounds and these community campgrounds. And um, typically people who do RVing, they call it, are typically retirees, right? So the demographics are people in their, you know, late 60s, 70s. So by far, Elsie and I are the youngest, um, the youngest out there. In fact, I've when I do run into somebody, because you, you sometimes you park kind of close. You, everybody has their own little yard at these RV parks. Um the, the people will come out and say, oh, hey, son, are you driving this somewhere else? Like, are you like the mechanic? Or they just kind of assume <laughs> it's not ours, you know. But uh, I guess there's this whole community of people that are on the road and, and they're just happy, right? They, they, they sell their house, usually, I guess, their kids, you know, they're empty nesters and they're, they're just on the road. It, it's a lifestyle. Fantastic. Now, um, you've 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 worked in some sort of pretty interesting places in the in 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 the last few years. Um, do you want to sort of sort of fill everyone in with, um, you know, the the kind of brands that you've worked for and 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 how you've um, you know how how you found that? Sure, sure. Well, I mean, back in the I guess the mid nineties, um, I, I just started like most people as in an agency, right? Just and, and uh, I just wanted to see how the other side lived, right? I wanted to break in to uh, how the other side lived. And at that point in the mid-90s, the agencies had the upper hand, right? They had the magical sauce. They had the, we have the largest database, database of candidates than anyone else. And, you know, th- it was this mystical thing. And, and now I, I think it's totally switched, but that's another conversation. But so, so I started, you know, I needed some experience. So I started working for an RPO. Accenture has an RPO as a contract recruiter. Then I was at USAA. I think when, when you and I met, I was uh, a recruiter, tech recruiter at USA, which is a huge, huge, huge um, bank and insurance company that serves uh, the military and their family. It's very conservative, right? But I want you to imagine, I mean, it's got its own city block here in San Antonio. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's huge. It's literally its own city. It's got its own zip code. It's got its own power plant. Wow. You literally have to drive around in the, in the halls yeah. to get to places. But, um, and so, but it's, it's very conservative. And so uh, from there, I knew that that wasn't probably aligned with my, you know, with who I am. I'm pretty creative. And, and so I, uh, uh, the people at Zappos reached out to me and said, hey, you want to start a sourcing program? We've never had one. Why don't you come to Vegas and, uh, and start one? 
And, and those people that know me also know that I love playing poker. I, I dreamed of being a professional poker player. And so the thought of Vegas, Zappos, and starting a, uh, a sourcing team was like, you know, I, I actually took a pay cut. People laugh. I went out my exit interview. They're like, what can we do to keep you? You know, is it money? I'm like, no, I'm actually taking a pay cut. Because I know it's just it's a, such a great opportunity, you know. Yeah, fantastic. Um, what was it, what was it like working at, at, at Zappos? Because um, you know there were always stories coming out about um, you know the type of workplace it is, and um, right. you know some of the uh, some of the crazy things that that, that go on, and the, the creativity that goes on. What was it actually like to to, to work there and set up a um, set up a sourcing program? It was it was a a culture shock. Um, I, I never really worked outside of Texas. And especially without where I was coming from, you know, this yes, sir, no, sir. Uh, the CEO at USA was a, was a general. Um, I hope I'm getting that right. But, you know, high rank, a lot of military, right? And then to go to this place where literally there was fits of, of tequila and, and brandy and they'd bring in margarita machines for, for, uh, for meetings. I mean, literally on our desks in the HR department, there was bottles and you could – you know, uh, there was this little drinking game going around and, and, uh, if they got you, you have to do a shot right there. And so, I mean, it was like, Whoa. Right. And, and, uh, luckily I went there, um, when I wasn't so young, I probably wouldn't have made it, you know, uh, it's so much freedom and, uh, it's, it's literally, I call it a West coast. It's got a very West coast U S feel. It's kind of like no dress code, come as you are. We love you. It, how I describe it. It's more of a and I'm not trying to be in any way disrespectful, but it's more of a nurturing, kind of a feminine, um, you know, if most companies are male ego driven, like sales, get it done, be a man. This was more of a, let's make everyone happy. Let's, it was a nurturing type of environment. Most of the issues were how not to tell someone something that was going to hurt their feelings or we, we can't do that. You know, that wouldn't be right. It might hurt their feelings. So it was definitely a, a, a culture shock, but the cool thing was at the time, my timing was perfect because that's when they started. Uh, we were the beta test for Holacracy, which is which was that self-organizing. Um, they call it an operating system, you know. And it was, I, you know, if you believe in destiny, all those things. I mean, I think that's why I was there was to experience that whole implementation. Um, and I, I think it's. I do think something like it or it is going to be the future. Um, but uh, so it was, it was really, really cool to, to experience that um, and see it kind of from the beta test all the way to implementation. So, so to clarify that, that's uh, where there, there are like no managers and everyone's sort of self-organizing themselves. There's no hierarchy, no job titles. Is that right. what's, the, what's the actual kind of theory behind it? Yeah. And it's, it's one of these deals where it's funny because we I was in a meeting and I didn't really know if Tony Shea, we lived in the same building, but he's Tony Shea and. I'm a recruiter who just started, you know, at the company and we were in a meeting and someone asked Tony to, to, you know, this was my big chance. Someone asked Tony to explain holacracy and we had been to enough happy hours where, where, and we had a mutual, uh, a friend and someone said, Hey, Larry really gets it. Like he gets holacracy. So he's like, Larry, why don't you explain it? So Tony Shea throws it over to me <laughs> and I just kind of stumble and, and kind of ramble on. So it's, it's very hard to explain but the best the best way I can I can do it, and I should have prepared for this because it's very hard to explain. But it's not necessary. It's not chaos. It's a structured, you know, that the team gets together. You find the recruiting team, right? We all do the same kind of work. So you say, okay, you guys are a team, and you separate the people from the work. 
right? So you say, okay, someone's got to, you know, people are going to apply and they're going to call the 800 number or the email. Who, who, you know, someone has to answer those, right? So that, that's something. So we all agree that that's a piece of work that has to be done. Someone's got a source, right? I mean, someone's got to go out and find these people. So, so that work has to be done. And as a team, we all kind of list the things with a, um, with a person helping us. And we say, yes, we agree that we make our mission statement. We're going to bring the best talent to Zappos. These are the things that have to be done. Then we say, who wants to do what? And so, you know, no longer like if you're a manager, but you hate expense, expense reports, or if you're a sourcer, but you hate doing one thing, it kind of changes the way you think about things. And you're like, Larry, if you're passionate about uh, marketing, why don't you take on all the marketing things? And you say, yeah, th- that makes sense. And so everyone kind of just gravitates to what they want to do, yet all the work gets done. And then you agree, okay, so Larry, if you're going to do this, what can we expect out of you? And so it's, but it's not personal, right? We even give it a name. It would be called like the sourcing wizard. Um, what can we expect out of the sourcing wizard? Um, and it's not like, Larry, you messed up. It's more like, hey, the sourcing wizard, here are the numbers. You know, what, what can we do to, to better help that sourcing wizard position? And the cool thing is nothing is written in stone. Every week or two, I could say, hey, you know what? I don't want to be, this, I don't want to do this anymore. And you can literally just like that, um, t- you are no longer the, you know, expense report person. And then it sits there. And then the old manager who's what they call the lead link has to pick up the slack. And then his job is to kind of find someone else who wants to take it. Anyway, it, it's, it's really, really cool because everyone kind of floats to their passion. And this is company-wide. So if you want to be, if you're, you know, you want to be, they have these huge events, right, every quarter. If you want to be a part of that, you can kind of, whereas before you couldn't quit recruiting. I'd have to quit as a recruiter, burn my bridges and go somewhere else in the company and internally transfer. We could just say, hey, Larry's got about 30% capacity. He's passionate about that. Can he spend his 30% of the time over there? And they say, yeah, let's try it. And you kind of just try it, right? It, it just, it's, it's, I think it's the future. Fantastic. I mean, that sounds, uh, it just sounds such an incredible uh, environment to work in. And I can see how it kind of might have got your sort of brain working to, uh, you know, in terms of, right. in terms of what you, in, in terms of, in terms of what you do now. Right. Um, just a couple of sort of, um, a couple of sort of final questions. Um, what, what, what do you think, you know, where do you think recruiting's going in 2016 from where you're, you know, where, where you're kind of sitting in, in the industry, um, you know, what 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 do you think is happening in terms of innovation? What um, what what can we expect to see this year? Right, and I and I was thinking about this before before talking to you, and, and I, I know it's hard to say what's going to happen. I know what I'd like to happen, but I, I, I I'm trying to blog more, right? So I'm trying to think about these things and and look at back at the experiences I've had. Um, the big trend now, I know on the U.S. side. Is to, is to separate everything out, kind of like industrialization, right? We've got, let's say Amazon has 1,100 sourcers, and that's all they do. They source. They don't talk to the hiring managers. They may not even, you know, they, they do this one thing in the factory, right? They just pound the head of the pin, and they move it on to the recruiters, and the recruiters are different than sourcing. It's so specialized now. And when I'm with these companies, and they say, hey, Larry, let's hire a sourcer or a recruiter, you know, it, they're so specialized that these people don't see the big picture, so it's hard to innovate, right? Everyone's just trying to hit their metrics as, as a group. So I think, I mean, I would love to see something like the recruiter 
move into the hiring team. You know, I, I think there's this us versus them type thing. There's the in-house recruiter and then there's the hiring teams and then there's, there's this riff. I think if it would be really cool if, if you could have the recruiter actually report to the hiring manager and be a part of the team, right? Interesting. But, uh, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. No, that's a, that's an interesting perspective, certainly. And what um, you know, what what about what about you in 2016? Li- literally, where are you head? Where are you heading next? <laughs> right. Well, uh, I think we're going. So I, I I like to play poker, and I've I've, I've uh, reignited my my passion for fishing. So with those two things, um, Elsie has planned out a route to where we can stay warm. Um, we kind of we kind of follow the fall uh, as far as the seasons, and then we can do some fishing. And there's a casino there, and uh, so we'll probably go up to uh, Arizona, maybe Oklahoma, kind of in that area, back and forth, until it gets warm, and then we head up to Montana. That's going to be our big trip. It's just supposed to be this beautiful mountainous area. But I just want to keep creating, right? I'm trying to push myself. I'm not a great writer, but I, I've committed to. Uh, oh, you can hear my bulldogs in the background. <laughs> apologize. Um, I've, I've, you know, so I'm not a great writer, but I've committed to blogging, right? I, I, I want to create videos, and I want to. I have all these interests, so I'm just uh, experimenting with like, pixel tracking and smart email lists and uh, inbound marketing. I'm just kind of playing with these things on my own, and uh, I just want to kind of see what I can do. Fantastic. And uh, where can people find your blog and connect with you? So, yeah, my blog is recruiterlarry.com. And then uh, recruiterdna.com is, is our company website where we do training. And we can we even do some consulting uh, for some companies, mostly people I used to work with or someone that has a problem, you know, we'll, we'll help them. Cool. Fantastic. Larry, thank you very much for talking to me. Hey, man, it's been a pleasure. My thanks to Larry Hernandez and, of course, his two English Bulldogs. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes and on Stitcher. If you go to the podcast website, www.rfpodcast.com, you can listen to past episodes, subscribe to the mailing list, and also find out more about me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week, and I hope you enjoy me. This is my show.